Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. And welcome back to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. Appreciate you joining us for another fascinating conversation. I'm joined today by a gentleman named Kent Clothier, who I am really, really interested in. I've, I've been researching. It's my first opportunity to actually get to meet Kent, but I've been researching him and he's got an amazing story, a ton of value to share. And selfishly, I have a million questions for him. So I'm glad I get to have my questions answered and serve our audience as well. Kent, welcome to Millionaire Secrets. Thanks for having me, brother. My pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah, of course. I appreciate so much you being here. And if you're okay with it, um, I want to skip all the polite stuff and just dive right in. Let's rock. Okay, great. Um, so you are the CEO and founder of Real Estate Worldwide, and you sell, uh, you guys do real estate education, right? Yeah, Real Estate Worldwide does. It sells education, sells software, so sells coaching and mentorship, et cetera, all the way down the line from start to finish. So here's what I know from my research that I've done already is you are not like, sadly, many of the quote gurus online who teach real estate, who teach online business, like which is kind of more my world. Um, you didn't just like close one deal or make one $5,000 commission check and then go, I'll bet, so, you know, I'll, I'm going to be a guru now and start right. a business teaching it, right? Um, from what I can tell, you've done a lot of business in real estate and frankly, a lot of business prior to real estate too. Um, can you tell me how you got into real estate? Yeah, I had had uh, a lot of success in, an, in another business, which I'm sure we can talk about you know, yeah, yeah. later. But, um, you know, with, I'm, I'm a product of one of those late night infomercials, you know, back in the days before social media was what it was. Um, we've all seen them every night. Some, some guy or some girls on there talking about how you can make money in real estate. And I had right. just effectively hit rock bottom, uh, had lost millions and millions of dollars and was at a place where, quite frankly, I didn't really trust myself. Uh, a lot, but I was just, let's just call it desperate enough and back up against the wall enough that I needed a break. And so I went to uh, go check out what they were talking about at one of these real estate events. And ironically, what they were talking about uh, was a, was a uh, term called wholesaling inside of real, real estate, which I'd never even heard before, which is basically the ability to control a piece of property contractually. Uh, without ever actually buying and selling it, basically get a property under contract and then quickly flip your interest in that contract to another buyer, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't ever really physically buy the property. You're basically the contract that you are creating is the asset. And so I was very, very fascinated by that. Um, made, a, made an investment, got educated and gravitated to it, quickly figured out that I was good at it, um, was back on my feet in just a matter of just a few short months and was doing a lot of business. By, any, by anybody's measure, right? Somebody who's new to the business shouldn't be doing 90 to 100 deals in their first year, but that's exactly what I was doing. Uh, and so, you know, fast forward a couple of years later after I'd gotten my feet up underneath me and felt really good about what I was doing, I had a big epiphany because I was about to get married, about to have a, uh, a new little girl come, come into my life. And so a baby girl come into my life and um, I figured out that I didn't own a business, man. I owned a job, right? I was a hustler. I was a guy that knew how to make money but I didn't know how to make money uh, unless I was pressing the gas. And so I got really, really um, very driven, very motivated, very intentional on taking a lot of things that I learned over the years in the previous, previous life and, and 
turning this little wholesaling operation into a really, you know, into a real business, right? Systems, automation, technology, et cetera, people. And before I knew it, we were doing three, 400 deals a year. And, you know, then it was six, 700 deals a year. Now it's eight or 900 deals a year. Um, just buying and, and flipping properties. And we do a lot more, uh, you know, as, as we have become better at it over the last 18 years, we have, um, you know, we do a lot of different things in real estate now, but that's really how it started. That's how I got into it. I just became very fascinated that uh, with, you know, quite frankly, a, a little bit of ambition, a lot of um, intentional actions, but very little training. It's a business that you could step into and make a lot of money very, very quickly and help a lot of people. And so that, those are things that were very, very appealing to me all the way around. And so, you know, as the story goes, I just have made the most of it uh, throughout all the years. Then, you know, I, as you alluded to earlier, one thing led to another before, you know, before uh, too long, people were paying a lot of attention to what I was doing what our company was doing and some of the software and tools that we had created to make our own businesses very successful. Um, and so when the recession hit back in 2008 through you know, 2012, a lot of real estate investors got hurt. A lot of people went, went down with the ship and we were just a company that, that had figured out a method that didn't rely on credit, didn't rely on banks, didn't rely on any of that kind of stuff. And we figured out how to do it through, like I said, through by creating software and tools that made our, our life very easy. And so before you knew it, people were asking me to sell them the software and tools. And next thing you know, I'm in a software business and then I'm in an education business and a coaching business. And now fast forward here, you know, basically 12 years later, and we have a, a, a second side of our business, real estate worldwide, that has now had over 52,000 students come through our, come through our, uh, through our ranks here. And, um, you know, it's been a hell of a journey. Well, first of all, it's, it's an amazing story. Um, and I appreciate you sharing it. I have, <laughs> I, I'm actually struggling right now because I, I, while you were talking, I thought of like nine questions and now I have to pick one to, to, to ask. Um, when did you start, I guess, when did you start wholesaling and then immediate follow-up, when did you start real estate worldwide on the education side? I started wholesaling January of 2003 is when I closed my very first deal. Okay. And by... Um, June of 2008 is when we officially started real estate worldwide. And, um, you know, prior to that, like I said, I had no desire, no, quite frankly, you alluded to it earlier, but, um, everything I knew about the, the real estate education space was a bunch of clowns and carnival barkers teaching me how, you know, teaching people how to do something because they've been doing it for a hot minute. And I, I wanted no part of it. And ironically, I had a very good friend and mentor um, who was pulling me and pushing me and telling me I needed to get out there and, and really help some people and educate some people. And I, and I did it kicking and screaming because I was just, I was just, I, I just thought, you know, basically everybody was full of it and wanted nothing to do with that industry at all. But he made a really valid point to me. He's like, well, let me just help you with something. You have the ability to help millions of people. And if you don't step in and give them the truth, then you have doomed all of them to listen to the carnival barkers. And it was a pretty profound uh, observation. And it was just enough to kind of push me forward into something that, you know, needless to say, I've been uh, very, very happy about that decision since then. And, and that was, you said 2008 is when you actually started right. that? Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, I just want to, I just want to share, you know, kind of a resonance 
you know, I, I, I teach online business, right? I teach kind of the primary online business uh, categories, affiliate marketing, I teach digital agency, I teach creating courses. And I totally resonate with what you're saying where, you know, when you've done the actual business enough and been successful at the actual business that you don't, you don't decide to become a guru as a, you know, a profits, you know, prop with a profit motive, at least initially. I mean, I think business people like making money. It's probably not something to apologize for, but that's not the original impetus. Um, it is, it's like, man, do I really want to take this on? But then you realize, and at least for me on the internet, it sounds like it's the same with real estate. 99% of the people that people are learning from haven't actually been successful in the underlying business. And they're giving them not only maybe perhaps skewed information, but just a ridiculously skewed sense of what it actually takes. Right to be successful. That was the thing that drove me nuts online. And I'm curious if it's true in real estate too, is it's not so much that like the information itself was inaccurate. I mean, ClickBank works the way ClickBank works. If somebody's teaching about ClickBank and showing what it does, it's kind of hard to not do that with accuracy, but just the underlying, you know, overnight results, turnkey, right. plug and play, microwave results kind of ethos, that's what drove me nuts. And I, 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 now I want to be the guy going, no, bullshit on all that, man. You're going to grind for a year. And if you do that, then you've earned the right to hopefully make a dollar and see a result. And then, you know, it's like almost like SEAL training, right? Like try to scare people off. Is, is that how it is in real estate? Like people just make it sound so easy? Yeah, I mean, I think, it's, I think that's how it is in just about any biz op type business. Yeah. Right? I mean, the world is now, we live in an, in an amazing, but also very uh, odd world today, right? In that um, people's attention spans, they're quite literally being trained to think in 15, 30 second increments, right? I mean, everybody's got ADD, right? Let me grab the attention with the alarming headline as fast as I possibly can, and then try to get you to run down the rabbit hole with me. And so in an effort, you know, people are being trained to think that way. They're being trained to consume information that way, which naturally makes them um, believe the bullshit, which, and, and it's just easier to sell the junk than it is the truth. And the reality of it is, is that those people, uh, when they get down that, you know, the confusion sets in, the, the frustration sets in, and then you know, like I refer to them in, in, in my business all the time, the dream killers of one, right? They basically got their buck and they, and they walked away and they get to go and do whatever the hell they want. And they've shattered somebody else's dreams of what it really looks like to own a business where somebody had just been honest with them from the very beginning and prepared them and could have saved them all the frustration, all the brain damage, all of the, you know, all of the aggravation that is just a natural part of starting a business, right? If you're not prepared for that, if you, if you don't have somebody in your corner uh, telling you, this is what, I mean, Here's the analogy I use quite often in my own business, right? Is that, you know, if I, if I picked up the phone and said to anybody, said, listen, um, I've read every book on what it, what it takes to become an MMA champion. I've watched every YouTube video on the internet. I've listened to every podcast. I've done everything in my, that I can possibly do to get ready to become an MMA champion. I think I'm ready for the UFC title. Put me in the ring. And somebody said, well, have you actually ever gotten in the ring yet? No, I didn't realize that that I actually had to get in the ring and get the shit beat out of me. I didn't. I didn't know I needed. I didn't know I needed a coach in my corner to sit there and tell me, "Hey, do this, 
do this. I didn't know I needed thousands of hours inside of the ring to sit there and, you know, get choked out and get the bumps, the bruises, the broken arm, the broken ribs, the whatever. I didn't realize I needed to do that. Somebody, you know, because I just thought I could just go on the internet and, and get all the information. And that's what happens in business every single day. If I said that to somebody, they would be like, you sound like an insane person. But it's what people do every single day when it comes to these business opportunities. They don't understand that you actually have to get in the ring. You actually have to get choked out. You actually have to get bumped and bruised and knocked down and beat up. And then you got to go back to a corner and have a coach sit there and tell you, man, all right, here's what you did wrong. Here's what you did right. Now get back in there and go fight again. And you would never expect in the real world, uh, you have, you know, any kind of MMA setting, you would never expect to be on top of the world and be anything like a champion without paying the price. And, you know, if you're going to try to be the champion of your own life, if you're going to try to build a business and build something that matters and actually be successful, you have to be prepared to pay the price. And just because somebody is selling you get rich quick and making it seem like you don't have to do it doesn't make it, you know, real. This is reality. This is the real world. Anybody that walks into um, business and doesn't understand that and doesn't, you know, get exposed to that, quite frankly, it's the exact same analogy. It sounds as insane to me as somebody saying they wanted to get into the, you know, want to get in the ring with a champion and get the crap beat out of them and think that they even had a shot at winning. That's just not the way the real world works. Yeah, it, it, it I, I totally resonate, man. It does. It sounds as insane to me as what you just described when somebody's like, man, how they, they get on and say, how fast can I quit my job? I'm like, I don't know. What, what's your pain tolerance? What's your endurance? What's your stamina? What's your previous experience? Like, you know, how fast does your system work? How fast can I make money with your program? It's like you say, man, the, the, everybody's like, man, I hope I get a result fast enough that I don't lose, I, I don't lose focus. I don't run out of my 90 second hourglass of attention. And, well, uh, I mean, again, I mean, you can, and, and the analogies go on and on and on. If somebody came to you and, hey, I want to take, um, you know, I want to become a pilot. How fast do you think I can get this done? How fast do you think I can be flying a commercial airline? Can right. I get it done in 30 days? You know, can I, I'm, really, I'm really kind of aggravated with my job over at Subway. You think I can become an airline pilot in 30 days? You're like, bro, you, you clearly understand you sound like a crazy person right now. But it's the same thing. But, um, and so, so let me ask, uh, let me ask the quest, same question from the flip side. If somebody went online and sold and said, uh, you know, 30 days to get your pilot's license, no previous experience required, no technical skills required, no education required, what, you know, come one, come all, we guarantee you'll, you'll be a pilot earning multiple six figures at a, you know, tier one airline in 30 days. That nobody would believe that ad right ditto for the fighting analogy why do people believe it when it comes to making money it's because they are preconditioned again through all of the it is it is much easier to buy into the dream that is arbitrary uh, than it is into buy into something that is extremely tangible right and when Somebody talks about internet or flipping houses or these, these little things that seem like they're get rich quick, right? Because there's plenty of people that sell it that way. There is a segment of the market that wants to believe that that's real. Um, where to your point, if you just took out the how to thing 
and inserted something that's tangible and practical that we've been preconditioned to understand is hard work, it sounds insane. There's, there's just not enough people in the market talking about whether it's internet marketing or whether it's building a, you know, a digital agency or whether it's building a, a wholesaling business. There's not enough people that talk about that it is a real business and can be. It's much easier to talk to people about, let me, let me get you a side hustle going, right? I mean, that's the new little word, right? Um, let me figure out how to make it, you know, and, which is effectively just a different way. Let, let me show you how to make a quick buck. Right. Um, if, but that's the reason why guys like us stand out, right? Because we are contrarian. I mean, I'm just going to tell you the truth. If you don't want to hear it, then don't buy it. But the truth right. is what it is. It's very simple. This is work. This is business. But if, you know, you, you build assets that will pay you just forever, then that's a business. You know, it's real simple to figure out if you have a business or a job. You know, when you, you know, because we've both been in the first stages of, of building a business. You know, when you, when you leave or you go do something and you get into the hustle and the grind, which is part of it, um, you know, don't kid yourself. You do not own a business in any way, shape, or form. You own a job because if you, uh, and again, the, the, the litmus test is just leave. Stop. Right, right. Right? And if the money stops, then guess what? You own a job, baby. That's what it is. Nothing more, nothing less. Might be a great paying job, but if it is 100% dependent on you, it is not a business. Mm -hmm. And so in order to build a business, guys like us and others more have to be talking about that, man, it is okay to go build the side hustle. It's okay to go out there and go make a few bucks. But if you want a life, if you want freedom, if you, then it's going to require you to make sacrifices. It's going to require you to, to evolve as an entrepreneur. And it's going to require you to put systems and processes and people and automation and things that are very unnatural and uncomfortable for a lot of people. You're going to have to all be in place. And when those things are in place, man, you got something. Until then, you got work to do. And if you want to know how that's done and you want the truth on how it's done, you come to guys like us. If you want to know how to go make a quick buck and, you know, go buy the dream and have somebody potentially, you know, make this seem a hell of a lot easier than it really is. There's plenty of people that are willing to sell you that. You know, it, it occurs to me because as, as, you know, now that we've, we've sort of posed this question, I'm like, man, why is that? Why is it that nobody would ever believe that you could become a pilot in 30 days with no previous experience, but somebody would believe you can become a successful you know, real estate wholesaler in 30 days with no previous experience or a successful affiliate marketer in 30 days, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, I think it's because, cause I'm always, I'm always trying to look for like how to stitch things together. The, these little isolated data points, how to stitch them together to come up with like operable philosophies in life, right? Things I can run my life by. And I'm, I feel like there's a truth emerging here, which is that the more pain is associated with a thing, the more susceptible we are to an illusion that would relieve, you know, theoretically relieve the pain. Like nobody is frankly in great distress by the fact that they're not a pilot. So they're not as susceptible to a lie that there's an easy way to relieve that distress because nobody's in that distress. But people are, are in great distress because they don't have money. Mm-hmm. And they are in great distress, distress because they're overweight and they hate their body and they feel shame. And they are in great distress because they feel ugly and they can't get a date. And those are the three industries where totally. you tend to find a lot of BS promises, right? It's love, it's health, and it's business, business opportunities. 
and people are so desperate. So to me, I'm like, okay, from a conditioning standpoint, pain equals uh, pa intolerable pain equals susceptibility to manipulation. That's so the really way I can increase my susceptibility to manipulation is to make pain more tolerable. Therefore, let me get my ass out of bed. Let me go do hard things at the gym. Let me have hard conversations with my wife. Let me do all the shit that's in my control to create discomfort so that when the time comes, I won't be easily manipulated by somebody promising to alleviate my discomfort. Right. I think it's a great observation. Great observation. And, and, and it's funny, man, you know, I've had dozens of these, I think this is episode number 60 or so. I don't, you know, I'm not counting, but I've had a lot of these really great conversations with brilliant, successful people like yourself. And I find that, frankly, we're not all that creative and we're not all that different. We've just decided certain things are true that maybe other people haven't yet decided are true and they want other things to be true. And this concept seems to pop up again and again and again and again around discipline, conditioning, grit, and just willingness to work hard and stay uncomfortable for an extended period of time. Because in your story, I'm hearing you, what I'm guessing, and wholesaling, by the way, is not like some easy push button business. Like from what I know, tell me if I'm wrong, but you have to like go out and like knock doors or cold call people, or right, like you're inter, you're interrupting. Yeah, you're, you're definitely interacting with people over the phone. That, that but you're interrupting them, right? Right. Well, I mean, it can be for sure. I mean, either through marketing channels, they're picking up the phone and calling you, or okay. or you're ca calling them. But the bottom line is, you have a distressed seller, somebody who's looking to get out of their house and and looking to potentially sell it at a discount for cash. There's some crisis in their life that you're having to address on the phone with them for right, sure, right. or face to face. I mean, to your point, it's not like you just get to sit behind a computer and just do this, right? You, you, there is engagement on, on multiple levels here that requires, you know, attention to detail and in order for you to be successful at it. Um, it is not like day trading stocks, right? There is definitely human interaction here and it, it can be chaotic and it can be disruptive and it can be emotional um, like business should be, uh, yeah. quite frankly. Um, but I do think, you know, to your, to your point earlier that, I think that the common thread in almost every successful person that I've ever met, right? And I'm extremely fortunate. I run in, I run in some fairly significant circles now. Um, and, and I've never met anybody that was, that did not have two things, two really important ingredients, I think, is they have a, a, a relationship with discomfort, to your point, with pain that is very healthy. They understand that, Pain, fear, failure, whatever you want to call it, all of those things are just part of the process, right? It is not something that they run from in any way, shape, or form. It is everything they want is through solving that problem, solving those big problems, putting themselves in situations where they're uncomfortable enough to get the answer. And they do it over and over and over again. The second thing that they have a, an amazing relationship with is time. Hmm. Um, they just simply... Uh, all you know value time very differently than the you know mom and pop running up and down the streets that most i would tell you that almost all everybody that i know they view time as extremely finite and an extremely valuable uh 
resource, currency, in fact, and it's the only thing that matters, and they're going to make the most of every minute of every day that is humanly possible. They're not going to waste any portion of it if that is, you know, if they can. And I think when you combine those two things, a strong desire to succeed and willing to pay the price, and you're in a hurry to get to all the good stuff in your life as fast as you can, that's a really lethal combination that makes things um, super exciting as an entrepreneur. So I, I love what you just said. I want to, I'm going to like camp on it for a second. Takeaway moment here, developing a very healthy relationship with discomfort, coupling that with a very healthy relationship with an appreciation of the value of time. And, and by the way, we use the term healthy in perhaps a different way than people that don't agree with us or, or have yeah aren't living like us would say. They might say, relax, smell the roses, take a break. You know, why are you always in such a hurry? You're gonna give yourself a heart attack. And you know, it's like, I mean, that's that whole like, chill out, bro. That just drives me nuts. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate Well, that. I mean, look, it, look it, it takes all kinds, right? Not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody's cut out to be, you know, wildly successful. Not everybody's cut out to live, uh, you know, extraordinary lives. There's a, there's, the world's filled with people that have amazing lives that have nothing to do with wealth or, or success or entrepreneurship, right? They are, I've spent a lot of time in Haiti, a lot of time in Nicaragua and Costa Rica. There, there are people that are extremely content and they make, you know, $5,000 a year. And so it takes all kinds. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, like if you're trying to, you're trying to create, you know, what, what by most measures would be an exceptional life, then I think it's, it is extremely important that those two factors are, you know, to your point, we'll, we'll call it healthy, whatever you want to call it, that you have a very good understanding and appreciation um, for what the value of both of those things are. And if you don't, then it's going to be a very rough and bumpy road for you as, as an entrepreneur. Anybody, you know, to, you know, to your point, any, any entrepreneur that you meet, you can almost, in a matter of seconds, tell, tell how successful they're going to be because of their attitude towards time or towards you know, what it takes are not in, are congruent and they're not in alignment with what we know to be true. You understand what their fate's going to be almost immediately, right? Somebody that tells you, I'll get to it next week, next month, next year. We're looking at it, maybe down the court. I'll consider it way down the line. Whatever it is, right? Um, that, generally speaking, and again, it's not, a, it's not a blanket statement. It's not you know, completely true. But in most cases, that's a very clear indication of, of where that business or where that person is headed. Because um, I can tell you that, again, almost everybody that I know, um, the, the value that they place on time, and this moment, this opportunity in front of them, um, it's not even that they're in a hurry. It's that they just don't want to waste a minute. That's probably the easiest way to say it. They understand it's finite, mm -hmm. right? Um, you don't have to be in a hurry. You just got to understand that this minute, this moment, the time we're spending together right now actually matters. There's an impact that's, that can be created by everything we do. And so to be... Uh, sitting around and acting like these moments don't matter, whether they're with your kids or in your business or with your significant, whatever, is just reckless and irresponsible. It's just silly because it's nothing can be further from the truth. They all matter. Well, it, it you know, it sounds like entrepreneurs and, you know, su successful people, prosperous people 
basically think about time the way most people think about money. They're like, oh, well, sure. don't take, don't take my $5. That's my $5. And that's how I'm right. like, don't take my five seconds. That's my five seconds. Right. Right. I'll, I'll invest it now to create more of the other. Um, 100%. I'm really good. I, I, I'm good friends with Ed Milet and he has a great uh, thing he just shared on a recent podcast I did with him where he was talking about that he has minutes or he has meetings in only eight minute or 24 minute increments, period, period. Like every meeting is either eight minutes or 24 minutes, no more, no less. It is what it is. And think about how succinct that makes that would drive your yeah. life. Right? Like if you can't get it done in eight minutes, you got 24, but if you can't get it in 20 done 24 peace out, like we got to remove right, it. Right. And I mean, that's a, and, and you know, he runs his life in, uh, three six hour days, right? And then sleeps for six hours at night. And I mean, it's when you think about what that accomplishes effectively in a seven day week, he gets 20, you know, 21 days. I mean, right. it's no wonder the guy's worth $400 million and does everything he does, right? And lives this extraordinary life. He's gotten there three times faster than anybody else. Yeah, that's a great point. He lives, he lives three years per year. <laughs> um, so, Okay, so speaking of all this, let, let's take these concepts and, you know, look at them applied. You said in your first year wholesaling, you did 90 or 100 deals. Yep, 91 right. deals, exactly, yep. So, well, that's not fair. I, I thought you said it was hard and it was going to take a long time. Tell me what, uh, what empowered that. Uh, desperation, mm. right? Nice. That's, that's what motivated that. I, I had just built a, a really large company from the time I was 17 to the time I was 30 uh, in an arbitrage business where I was effectively buying and selling truckloads of groceries, uh, of all things. And, and a lot of people want to understand the business. But the, just think about it. There's 42,000 items in any grocery store. And roughly 25,000 of those items uh, manufacturers are selling at different prices to different stores and different markets all over the world. And then, so they create this super inefficient um, pricing structure. Like, right? so uh, in one market, you know, uh, Colgate toothpaste could be selling for $50 a case in Miami and then the exact same product with the exact same, you know, little UPC barcode could be selling for a hundred dollars a case in New York city. Same item, same, everything is exactly the same, except they're selling it for different prices because, you know, of price instruction. So a guy like me, you know, at 17, figured that out, started buying it by the truckload um, out the back door of a lot of stores and wholesalers and distributors. And then I would turn around and put it on a truck and ship it to other markets. And so from 17 to 30, I built a really big business that ultimately became, you know, a huge company doing almost $2 billion a year. Uh, when I, right after my 30th birthday, I had a run in with my partners and ultimately, walked out of that company and spent the next two or three years being really pissed off and, and agitated and trying to, you know, getting, getting caught up in lawsuits and start competitive businesses and just did a lot of things out of spite and just being irritated and pissed off. And quite frankly, none of it worked. Uh, and in the end, I effectively, you know, bled myself dry, uh, learned a very valuable lesson that a lot of times when you're in lawsuits going back and forth, it isn't about winning and losing. And a lot of times it's about bleeding the other one to death. And that's exactly what happened, right? I lost millions of dollars and ultimately would have a backup against the law. So not only had I lost uh, everything financially from a personal level, you know, houses, cars, wealth, um, 
but you know, I'd gotten a divorce. Uh, I was a rock star inside of a, 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 an industry, you know, small niche industry that I was a god in. My reputation was gone. Uh, I had nowhere to turn. Um, and so I was at a really, really low point at 30 years old, 32 years old now. Uh, and so at 32, man, I just, I was at, my back was against the wall. I didn't believe in myself anymore. Um, I was, I had been humbled and humiliated all, all the way down, which was great medicine for me. I didn't know it then, but it's exactly what I needed because I did not believe that I could lose prior to that, right? I've been so successful for so long that I just believed my own bullshit. Um, and so all those lessons were extremely valuable. I didn't see that then. I clearly see it now, but they were, I mean, they were good lessons that I needed to learn. But when you're, when I'm, you know, just desperate enough and at, at the, you know, the last fourth quarter, you know, 10 seconds left, you know, hail Mary, I got to figure out something because I, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Right. I mean, it's either this or do something desperate that, you know, just make it all stop. Right. And I was having those types of thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and luckily fell into, you know, like I said, fell into, went to an event, saw what I saw. Um, only had four grand left in the bank, but made a thousand dollar investment in a wholesale course, which, you know, any way you cut that, it was 25% of my net worth. And I had made nothing but bad financial decisions for two and a half years. So to say that I was terrified of that decision would, would be putting it very mildly. Um, but it was a perfect ingredient. The training was good and I was desperate. And I applied myself and started taking massive action because I had nothing to lose. Everything I'd ever, you know, everything I ever had was already gone. So what the hell did I have to lose? Um, and before you knew it, I had done my first deal in a matter of three weeks, January 22nd. I'll never forget it when I cashed my first check for $8,200 on Coral Springs, Florida. And Man, I remember sitting in the sitting in the parking lot of the title company and bursting into tears, grown ass man, because I had just created revenue, income from nothing, and I had no reputation, I had no previous knowledge, I had no, you know, I wasn't counting on anything I'd ever done before, and but I'd done it, and um, you know, as you know, that when you get that first deal or first whatever first transactions, you you know that dopamine rush hits, and you're like, man, I. I like this, that adrenaline hits, I, I can do this. And I just became um, obsessed with doing as much as I could, as fast as I could. I knew I never wanted to be broke again. I knew I never wanted to be desperate again. I knew I never wanted to be, you know, eating ramen noodles and eating, buying rice by a 25 pound bag again. And I just knew I just didn't want to go back there. And so I, I was highly motivated to never revisit a very very bad place and that was that was enough to make me never take my foot off the gas for a long time because i just i just knew how that felt and it was so real for me that i just didn't want it anymore so that was 17 years ago um i have a question for you and i'm this is this is a, a totally self-interested question i'm literally just this is if if there was no recording happening right now this is the question i would ask you so I very much know what that feels like, that desperation. You know, so a lot of times I see people struggle with motivation. I'm like, I'm sorry, man, you're just not, you're not, you're not desperate enough. Like, you know, you just got to either create it for yourself. If you're, if you need to do that, I guess do it in, in the long run, it'll be good for you, but hopefully you can harness it some other way. Um, but, and so I, that for me, that was 2008, rock bottom, divorce, De depression, 
same yeah. kind of dark thoughts. Yeah. Uh, hundred for me, I was half, almost half a million dollars in debt from a couple failed franchises. And I was a piano player. They never should have given me the loans in the first place. So I was like, my hand was injured. I couldn't even go play gigs. Um, and that was that same desperation, man. I went online and I was 14, 16, 18 hour days of just, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out for like months and months. So the people, people were convinced I was addicted to porn because when a guy's locked in a room for 14 hours a day, looking at the internet and said, leave me alone. Like, you know, right. And, and so, and eventually, you know what? So yeah, I've been there and, and I've, in a way I feel like I've been running from that moment ever since or, or fighting away from that moment ever since. Like I never want to go back there, but that fear, that sympathetic nervous system response can only take you so far. And for me, it's only been in the last year or two that I've been like, okay, I'm definitely never going to have to go back to that place. Like I've got it. I'm, I'm good. So what now? And that, that's when I started my education business it was September, 2018. And I want to, I say, Hey, this is what saved my life literally almost to a, to a point. Let me share this with other people and teach other people. But now every day I have to wake up and, and I'm almost scared that I'm not scared anymore. Right. So I'm curious for you, you're at least five years ahead of me on that curve. What is it every day that you can go back to that give you the same fire and the same drive when you realistically aren't that scared anymore? Well, you have to continue to take risk, right? So I definitely still take risk that I think most would think are a little, a little uh, outrageous, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a creator. I'm a visionary. I'm still always trying to figure out something that is compelling to me that I feel like, you know, I can, I can push uh, my businesses and my life together or, or further, I should say. But, you know, bigger than that, you know, the big, the big question that, that drives me every day, it has become very, very important to me uh, that two things happen in my life. One, that um, my kids see me pushing, yeah. right? And so that's what I think about. Like, it, it would be very simple for me to take, you know, not push, um, but... I want my kids to understand what it looks like to fight for a dream and never stop fighting. And I, and I don't want them to hear me talk about it. I want to show them and demonstrate what it looks like every day. And so, yeah, it's important that, that, that I know my kids are watching me every day. And it's a thought that is very uh, prolific in my head where I'm, I'm, I'm painfully aware that, that uh, I know, I know they're going to model whatever I do. And they're points in their lives where it's important to me that they model hard work and that they model um, suffering and paying the price and doing what's necessary to attain whatever you're trying to accomplish in their lives uh, without being, you know, me trying to force them in any way, shape or form. The second thing that really pushes me, quite frankly, is I go back to, you know, um, it's not hard to figure out how big, how big a role time plays in my life. You know, I've had, uh, I, I've lost a business that I invested a ton of time in. I've, I had my, my mentor um, when I was 40 years old, 42 years old, uh, who had built a wildly successful business, but spent a great deal of time traveling to do it uh, away from his family, only to retire when he was 60 years old and had a big golden parachute of $30 million. And within a few months of retiring, got diagnosed with cancer and Within a few months of that, I was holding his hand um, as he passed away in Daytona Beach, Florida. 
And in that moment, I would never forget, you know, because he had a, he was all hooked up to a ventilator and everything, but he wrote on a whiteboard to me, you know, I just wish I had more time. And it had a huge impact on me that here he was, had worked his entire life to create wealth and create all these things and this effort to get to this, I guess, finish line of the bullshit that we're sold, you know, that at some point you're going to retire at some point you're going to get to these, this thing. And he got there. And when he got there, you know, within a matter of a few months, the only thing he wanted was time. And it's the one thing that all that money couldn't buy him. Um, and so that, and then I was, my wife and I were in a, a near a plane crash a few years later. So I had these things that happened in my life that really kind of were hard hits to the gut. Like, man, you got to get dialed in on this because stop acting like uh, the world is yours. Stop acting like you've got time on your hands. Stop acting like you'll get to anything. You need to get to it. Get to the living. Get to the experiences. Get to collecting the moments and stop collecting all the bullshit. Do what you've got to do right now to create and demonstrate what it looks like to have an amazing life today, right? Because your kids are watching, people are watching, and, and you have the ability, and this is my conversation to me, you have the ability to create real impact in the world. So stop wasting this gift and those are the types of internal conversations that I have all the time. And so back to what I was going to tell you that I think about quite often is I want to have mattered. Right. And that's it. Like I want to have mattered. right. Business is business. Life is life. But you know, have I done enough in the world with my students, my members, the people I've touched, the people I've helped educate, people I've helped rattle their cage and wake them up that, you know, if I, if I passed away tomorrow, would somebody get on an airplane? fly to San Diego, California, where my two little girls are sitting on that front row next to my casket and make the effort to just walk up and shake their hands and say, your dad matter. Um, and if I am doing anything in a day that's anything short of trying to create that reality, then I feel like I got work to do. It's beautifully said, man. I'm glad I asked the question. Um, how, old, how old are your kids? I have a 27-year-old son, a 14-year-old daughter, and a six-year-old daughter. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I have a, a 17 and 16-year-old boys. Yeah, I, I want them to see it. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's no greater gift that you could give, right? And, you know, I'm asked quite often, how the hell did you go and start a business when you're 17 and turn it into this thing? And I was raised in an entrepreneurial family. Right. I sat there and watched my father do things and I modeled it and I was taught, I was given a great gift there. And so I know what that gift is, right? I was never taught to go to college. I was never taught to go buy into somebody, making somebody else's dreams come true at the expense of mine. I was never going to, you know, be bribed out of my own dream. I mean, I'm 150% unemployable proudly. And I know that that's just not the case for most people, right? That that is a massive gift that you can give your kids. And if you act like they're watching, it matters. Yeah, I noticed a, a post on your Instagram when I was uh, researching you slash lightly stalking you for before the show. It says, I, I just pulled it out. It says, how in the hell could a man enjoy being awakened at 6.30 a.m.? buy an alarm clock, leap out of bed, dress, force feed, shit, piss, brush teeth and hair, fight traffic to get to a place where essentially you make lots of money for somebody else and you're supposed to be grateful for the opportunity to do so. <laughs> By the way, that's Charles Bukowski who's 
Right. Just awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much says it, right? A hundred percent. I mean, but, you know, there, you gotta under, we, we both clearly understand that the vast majority of the people that will hear this podcast or be exposed to either of us over the years, that that's the dream that, that they had bought into and they're trying to break free. So I, I have a healthy appreciation yeah. that, it's not, that it's not easy, but I do understand that once you get on the other side, giving that gift to your children and not allowing them to buy into that bullshit is a massive gift. It, yeah. Amen. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And frankly, edifying what I'm doing. I mean, two teenage boys, they're right at that age where um, every day is a, is a, you know, no they're doubt. either going this way or that way. Right. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you another question again, out of total self-interest. So you run a, you know, you run companies, you know, we would both be royally screwed if no one in the world wanted to be an employee because uh, right, totally. employing a bunch of entrepreneurs sounds like hell to me. <laughs> well, uh, ironically, ironically, you know, it's interesting. I, I just had this conversation a couple of days ago. I, I take, it would be extremely hypocritical of me to not uh, actively try to awaken the entrepreneurial spirit inside of my own employees, which yeah. I actively try to do. Now, I, Clearly, that doesn't always work. But when it does and somebody has to leave and, and they've got to go fight for their own dreams, man, I'm all in. I mean, because I, I wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah. If, I, if I've inspired somebody enough and educated somebody enough inside of my own ranks to go and do their own thing, hallelujah. Let's make that happen, right? And a lot of people run from that. It's a huge fear when people have of hiring people, right? Oh, my God, what about train them and they leave? Right? You know what? Okay, what's the alternative? Sit on your ass and work for yourself forever? I mean, why do yeah, you or, or train them poorly so they're not qualified? Yeah, let me train them really, let me give them a shitty experience so they'll do a really bad job. I mean, come on, right? So what choice do you have? If you want right. to be great, you know, and still great. And anytime you put great out there, sometimes great's going to spread its wings and leave. It is what it is. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Uh, it, it's an, it really is just having an abundance perspective in the world that there's not, there's not going to be a scarcity of quality for me if I inspire greatness in someone else. 100%. It's not a zero-sum game, right? Exactly. It's not binary, right? Somebody doesn't have to lose in order for you to win. Yeah, yeah, well said. Um, well, man, I, I honestly, again, out of self-interest, I wish we had more time, but I know that we don't. Um, you're, uh, well, let's do it again. At some point, let's schedule another one, man. I'm happy yeah, to come yeah. on here. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. And that's it. Yeah, me too. But, but at some point, the 24 minute block has to end, right? <laughs> I'm, you, you've given me some food for thought on that one, for sure. I'm like, man, my 10 minutes could be eight minutes. I could be saving <laughs> two minutes all over the place, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but no, so, so people hopefully, uh, I, undoubtedly are inspired and, and attracted to this conversation. Where do they go get more Kent Clothier in their life? Well, you can go to kentclothier.com or you can uh, find me on Facebook or on Instagram. Both handles are at, at Kent Clothier. I'm easy to find and I would love to connect. Cool. Yeah. And like I mentioned, I've been, I've been uh, perusing your Instagram for a while now, ever since you booked for the show. And I'm getting huge value, honestly. It's just, I'm a fan. So I encourage everyone to go check that out. I will let the audience know that we've also, uh, as most people know from, from my world, that I have uh, a book called The Millionaire Shortcut. It's a very short, very quick read that is on my perspective of the fastest way to become successful in the digital economy. Internet business is kind of my, my gig, and I package it all in here. And we've put together uh, a site, millionairesecrets.com forward slash Kent C. 
So we'll know that uh, you were inspired from this episode. Go check that out. Make sure you grab that. And Kent, I'm just grateful that you stepped onto the Millionaire Secrets show for, for a time. Thanks for being here. No, dude, it's been great. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the next time. Yes, sir. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entra Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entranation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.